What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Longa Life Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Longa, and I'm super stoked and grateful to have you all here today. And I mean that. It has been a long time since I've had an episode out. And I apologize to all of you who have been waiting for an episode. I made a deep realization um, after writing a podcast host, a message that has truly been an influence on my life, uh, his show. And I wrote him a message. And after I did that, I was like, man, you know, I have a podcast show and there may be people out there that are waiting for episodes. You know, I'm not trying to pump myself up and say that I got this giant show like Aaron. But at the same time, there may be people People out there that are just you know listening to this show and gaining value I, and I mean I do know that there are people I know that there are because they've messaged me and I'm so grateful for that and I don't want to leave you guys without episodes it is not intentional and uh, there are many reasons behind it and I'm working on those so we can get back to weekly episodes that is the goal so I love you all, and I'm so grateful if you're here listening right now, and I'm so grateful if you've hung in and waited and you've been waiting for an episode like today's, because on today's episode, we have a friend of mine who I grew up in the same town, but we really didn't know one another as like, you know, friends. We just knew each other as acquaintances. So this is a real interesting conversation to really kind of peel back the layers and see through the veil of you know social media and all those things to learn about someone that you only really know through acquaintance and through the internet so uh super amazing conversation with my good friend brett luongo uh we talk about so much incredible stuff brett has gone through quite uh his, the hero's journey of self-discovery um addiction um stuff that he's just really vulnerable about in this podcast and uh, has a lot of humility surrounding. And I'm, I'm really grateful for his ability to deliver his message in the way that he does, because I think it's, uh, it, it, there's, there's, he's got a way about talking that really makes you feel what he's trying to say. He paints beautiful pictures with his words. So I'm stoked for you all to hear this episode. I'm excited for you to hear about someone's story of triumph and how you can, you too can use your shadow side, your dark side as a, as a teacher and not as something that you shun or, or are ashamed of because Brett has done that and he, he is teaching that now through just being, being, through being that, that which he has learned through allowing his dark side to be his teacher. So it's a beautiful, beautiful story. It's super captivating. I'm so grateful for it. This dude's like a, a righteous dude now. He's out there free climbing and doing all sorts of bouldering and flipping off giant rocks into quarries and all sorts of stuff. And it's just nuts. So, um, much love to Brett, much love to you all. Thank you for being here and I am super stoked for you all to hear this amazing episode today. Please take a deep breath. Open up those hearts and open up those minds and get ready for my amazing friend, Brett Luongo. What's up, brother? Is it working? Can you hear me? Am I spotty? Am I all over the joint? No, I feel like you sound pretty good, man. Rad, dude. If this works out, I'm going to be blown away because this internet is no bueno so far. But it's working. Where'd you progress. move? Moved back to North Attleboro, bro. Can you believe oh, that? Sick. No, yeah, it's wild, man. 
I had no intention of doing so, to be perfectly honest with you, man. I, in my mind, I said I would never move back to this place. Not that I didn't like it when I lived here, but yeah, yeah. you know how it is. You just you leave a town and you kind of try to just move on to new things. And mm. uh, didn't it just kind of landed in our lap, man? My father-in-law offered it, as you can see behind me, like I'm living in a house now and not an apartment. That's yeah, sweet, dude. Super stoked, man. I mean, I got if I could turn this the computer around, I would, but there's a lake. I'm looking right out to the to Falls Pond. Yeah, where whereabouts in North Attleboro is it? So you know the uh VFW near the yeah. uh City Spirits in North Attleboro? Yeah, yeah. So I'm right there's a little yellow house that's right to the like if you were standing in the parking lot looking at the water, right to the right of that uh of the VFW. Dude, that's sick. Yeah, man. My father in law owned it and he just happened to need somebody to live in it throughout the winter because there was nobody here and he didn't want pipes to freeze and mm -hmm. you know didn't want to have to turn stuff on with no one living in it so he kind of offered it to us at like the perfect time because we needed it and uh yeah, yeah dude it's super blessing the universe <laughs> provides bro it does man in the weirdest of ways and in the moments when you think that it's not going to or mm. you think that you're at your absolute like this is it you know here comes the shit and then all of a sudden it was like a, a phone call at like nine o'clock in the morning and he's like hey do you guys need a spot and we were like uh yeah like we were we were actually just talking the night before like mm. what are we gonna do next where are we gonna go you know so it's been tough man this whole pandemic thing really like changed everything Dude, sure everything man yeah on a dime too like yeah it's like you wake up and the world's not the same for sure yeah, man it's fucking completely wild so you know enough really about me man how have you been brother i've been incredible dude i mean just thinking about the year living situation I mean, for the last you know, i left that i left attleboro north attleboro probably like 14 months ago 15 months ago and the universe provided for me too like living in a house that my grandfather built in 1953 it's been passed down family like i'm like the the last of the siblings who hadn't lived here at some course of their journey in life. So now I'm here, man, and like putting down some roots and exploring the North shore and the city. And like, it's cool, man. That's so, rad. Yeah. That's so rad. Well, dude, I'm super stoked that, that you uh, wanted to do this because when you came on the healing collective, man, mm. we, we grew up in the same town and we knew each other like through passing, but it's, it's weird when you don't like communicate deeply with somebody and you just see people through Facebook and Instagram, like you have a totally different perception of what their lives actually are like. And then when you told your story, man, I was like, Whoa, Holy cow, mm. dude. Like you've been through some shit, man. And, you and know, put people through some shit and put people through some shit. And you know what, that, that for me personally is huge because I feel like owning the fact that, you know, you didn't just, just, just to hurt yourself that there is a there is people that you can put in, in harm's way when yeah, man. you're in a dark spot so yeah i think the biggest lie that uh i guess i told myself and i think people like in addiction tell themselves is you're only hurting yourself you know mm -hmm. and that's like that's like that's the most fraudulent statement that there is because uh i was numb the whole time you know mm -hmm. i was a million miles away from reality i was i touched a feeling in a decade it was the people in my life they weren't numb they were well well aware of reality mm. and they had plenty of feelings mm. and and it was all it was all like this this onslaught that i brought into their lives man for like you know 
it was all fun and games when we were 13 years old, you know, and like you could write it off as like bad luck, bad timing, bad friends. Mm-hmm. But then it's like 13 years later and like, you know, your son has literally lit your life on fire. Mm. Like, like that's the that's the gravity of what it was. Yeah, man. So maybe you could tell a little uh, a bit about like um you know what what you were dealing with addiction wise and and how you even got to that space in the first place. That would that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess um so like I don't know, there's like a million and one perspective perspectives on like how it is to be an addict or how it is to become an addict and like all these different opinions and like I only have my own experience. Like, I'm not like, I don't know. I don't know what it is for anybody else. It doesn't right. really, all I, all I know is me. And, um, I believe like I was firmly, um, born one. I believe I was like, born an addict. Right. And, um, I'll give some like examples of that, but like, I really believe that because like my mom's never had a drink or a drug in her whole life. Mm-hmm. Like she's over 70 years old. She's never even tried it, you know? I can count maybe on one hand the amount of times I've seen my dad drink alcohol. So like it was not like a lot of people um, come away thinking that it has to be like this super like trauma filled childhood where like, you know, you come from a dynasty of addiction and your father's father was an alcoholic and they were an alcoholic. Your, Your mother skipped town or was a broken home, like all this like trauma, man. Mm -hmm. And like my story like I grew up on Lois Lane, you know, like yeah. I, I grew up with like with the two cars and the swimming pool and the fenced in yard and like the kind of road that you like, you could play basketball and you don't have to worry about like cars. Like you could set up hockey nets. Like you could do the whole damn thing. Like there ain't nobody traveling over there. It was, a, <laughs> it was the beautiful place to live. It was incredible, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have four siblings. I have three older sisters and an older brother. And, um, maybe one of them partakes in a glass of wine every month. Mm. What I mean? So it wasn't like, it wasn't like, okay, well it skipped your parents' generation, but surely like all (laughs) you, you know what I mean? You guys were mayhem and madness. Like, no, no, they have no, they have no concept of what it means to like wake up looking for the next one. That's wild. Yeah. What that, what that is like. And, um, and, and that's, and someone would be like, well, then you certainly weren't born one. And I say, no, I, that's how I know I was. Mm. No, there's nothing put in my life that like, like set it off. You know what I mean? It was just, you know, some form of, of genetics, some, something in me that like, that's what it was, man. And, um, and I guess the first, like, I guess early on, it's hard to differentiate between being a kid and being an addict, but like mm. for me, and I don't know how many other kids felt this way, but like, if I wanted to like play with my brother, right? Like, you know, make pretend like we're going to go put out a fire. Like, you yeah. know, what I mean? cause you grab the water hose, you're looking over at the tree. Like we're going to, this one's burned. We got to like circle it this way. You put it out that way. Like I'm like yeah. to go play with my brother. Like, this is awesome. Like, but then he can't play with me that day. I'll spend, I spent the next like year and a half, two years, like plotting revenge. Whoa, really? Like I'm talking like a five-year-old, six years old, like taking this one instance as like a personal attack. Mm. I mean, like some sort of like, this, this is like a, the world is already against me. Yeah. Yeah. 
was like a million and one instances of that. Like if I have friends growing up in the neighborhood, like two friends, well, clearly those two friends are better friends with each other than they are with me. Mm. Really want me around. And this is all like in the, in between the ears, man. This is like no seven year old should like create these elaborate, like craziness, just like maddening noise inside my head. And how did I shut off that noise? Like early on sports. Yeah. Like that was the first way my like addiction like manifested itself. Like I didn't go out and shoot the basketball for 10 minutes. I went out and shot the basketball for 10 hours. Oh shit. Go out like just during the daylight. Like, no, I was setting up my own lights. Mm. So I could play all the time. Like football, I'm, I'm traveling. I'm, 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 I'm seeking out the rumble fumble. The 500 we're gonna throw up in the air. Like I'm sitting. Like it was all, all consuming at every level. Like I just wanted to like do things like that because that was the one time where the noise it would go away. Mm. I could just focus on the next shot. I could like uh, feel like I had self worth because I was good at something. Like gave me all these things that I felt like from Jump Street I was missing. Mm when I wasn't involved in some of that, someone would just turn that, that volume way back up. And, you know, like at school, man, like, um, I was not like the stinky kid, I was <laughs> the poor kid. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the unintelligent kid. I wasn't the unathletic. I wasn't even the, the not so good looking kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Like from an outsider's perspective, there would have probably been plenty of kids in my class. I'm like, oh, I'll trade with that guy. You know what I mean? He's like doing all right. I feel you. But it was an inside job, man. Mm. Trying to trade my, my, I was trying to trade my shoes, like, with anybody. I always figured, like, well, no, you're smarter, you're funnier, you're you're more athletic. You you can do it. it was always like this. Um, this lack of the fears, doubts, and insecurities, man, that I don't think that any child should have to like deal with, you know what I mean? And, um, I was probably, you know, oh, and I'll say this too, because I'm a, you, you found me in the healing collective and like that whole deal. Right. So, and like, I have a higher power today and like, I believe in, I have like a belief system, you know? So, um, it's pretty cool. I told you I live in this house that's been in my family since 1953. It was built mm. by my grandfather. He also built the church next door. No way. And uh, him and my grandmother both worked at that church uh, for like, you know, 50, 60 years. Like my grandmother taught Sunday school. And um, my mom has like this incredible faith. Mm-hmm. It's like beautiful kind of faith that like... Um, I think you just hear about people like that sometimes, but like, I got to grow up with one, you know, mm. like, and it was never like a, um, was never like preaching or it was never anything like that. It was never anything like that. It was more just like, uh, an overall serenity to know that like, you know, uh, it's going to be okay. Mm. You're okay. And it's going to be okay. Like there's this undercurrent of like good energy that she always had. And she derived it from the church. She, there's a million places people can get it right, but um, I remember I was like seven, eight, nine years old, and um, might have been seven. It was like very early on, 
we used to go to church. We used to go to like the, it's like a childcare program. After she picked me up one day and was driving me home, I um, I told her I wasn't going to go back. That like, I didn't believe a word they were saying. And um, maybe there were some people in there that needed that, but I wasn't one of them. Wow. And from that point forward, like I, I wrote it off. I wrote all that, like I didn't go back. You know, and, shit. and I like basically went off on this tangent of like, like, you know, I used to be this like very faith filled kid in like middle school. And um, I used to like pick on him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because um, he was poor and he wasn't that good looking and he wasn't that smart and he wasn't that funny. Wow. Happiest motherfucker I ever met. Mm he was like very upfront about like his spirituality and his faith. And like, clearly he was already deriving it at like a very young age. And that was like the first instance where I like shot it down, like went out of my way to like belittle someone for those beliefs. Cause on the inside I'm fucking dying. <laughs> it feels like, that's what it feels like the whole world's out to get me. And um, it's like that confluence of factors that like at 13 years old, man, I picked it up, picked up drugs the first time. I was a dare kid. I was a just say no kid. I was like, you know, I was a not about it. It was not going to be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I just said yes once. I want to smoke some weed. I want to drink some alcohol. I want to see what it was about. I thought I might get invited to the party. You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. all I thought about. That was like, if like, if it was a big contract, you know what I mean? Say it's like a 400 page contract. Yeah. I only looked at the first page, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah the first page it said like you might get invited to the party you might build a dance with a girl you might make some new friends you know what i mean didn't read all the way back to the end of the contract <laughs> the, the fine print yeah the fine print like uh, you're gonna find yourself on your knees in a dick's parking lot like looking for the cleanest puddle to shoot up with you know uh... i didn't read all the way <laughs> I feel like if I had read all the way to that point, like maybe I would have uh, said no one more time, but um, I said, yes, man. And, um, and then I said, yes, for the next 13 years, you know, like wow. people, like if I, I tried my first one, I was like, I guess it was the summer between before freshman year. And um, like, I never felt any consequences. The only consequence I felt was that all that noise I talked about. Yeah. Uh, self-hatred all the fears all the doubts all like these uh crippling insecurities the only consequence I felt was that all that got went went away mm. and that was a pretty great consequence i'm <laughs> like i i felt like i could like take part you know what i mean i felt like i could like take part in the world and um and you know i did like high school was kind of like i was good at it you know what I mean? Like I did really well at that, like excelled at a lot of sports, like pretty much all A's, like lined up a scholarship to college, like all these things. But, um, you know, I got arrested six times. So wild. And I, but it was always like, uh, bad luck, bad timing, bad friends and like people were willing to like look the other way mm-hmm. and, and no fault of their own. Cause how would they know what's going on inside of me? I don't know about you, but like, I never told anyone. You know yeah. what I mean? When 
I was feeling homicidal and suicidal at 12 years old, I never told anyone. I never yeah. said that, hey, I feel like less than this person and I don't know why. Mm. I never told anybody that like, um, I feel like my mom loves my other brothers and sisters more. I never told anybody like, that like, I feel like I don't have any friends. Like I never voiced this stuff. And, um, and the sad thing is I had plenty of people in my life that would have listened. Yeah. Like that's the real hit. Like I don't think everyone does, but I certainly did. Mm-hmm. Just stuffed them away, man. I filed feelings like, like, uh, like in a, in a filing cabinet and then shoved that filing cabinet in a closet and then burnt the closet. <laughs> God damn. That's what, I, that's what I did with my feelings. Mm. And, um, I don't know. I can talk about high school like a little yeah, bit. Man. Well, really, I want to know what would be that was amazing too, bro. I mean, honestly, because, you know, for myself, you know, I did experience trauma, which really uh, started the that 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 voice that you talk about. I I, uh, I also have experienced and, and even in some aspects still experience today. And um, that particular thing for me, I have this knowing where it came from really you know it came from trauma i know that you know not just one many um but it's interesting to me because i do see other people in the world that uh that are like yourself that don't necessarily come from the worst of places don't necessarily come from the worst of situations and for some reason there's this like attack on their psychology that makes them feel less than that makes them feel like they need to fulfill a hole that, that just happens to be there. Mm. What do you think that do you, have you pinpointed what that do you think that was for you? I guess like the origin of like um, the origin of the void or the origin of like, like for me, I suffer from an illness. I'm like, I don't have many opinions on the whole thing, but I believe like mental health is like a medical condition. You know, Agreed. if I was like going to break it down, like I would say that I have a chronic stress induced brain disorder. Dude. Whoa. What yeah. That means what that means is, um, I think the real, like, uh, and I don't get into it a lot, like in my world of recovery, because it's not important to understand it on that level in order to recover. Right. So like, I don't go into detoxes and like, talk about like the science-based maturation process of the disease of addiction. Like that's not what I do because you just, they don't need to know in order to find faith and like live a beautiful life. It's not that important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that the dilemma in my brain um, happens in the innate part. So like uh, the midbrain, midbrain is the part of the brain where like uh, you breathe you know, it's this autosomal act. Like it just happens. I don't have to tell myself to breathe. I can't tell myself I'm going to, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to try to hold my breath until I die. I can't hold my breath until I die. Totally I will agreed. tell myself to breathe. Like it just, it just happens. Mm-hmm. Where sex drive is, it's where food drive is. It's our survival center, right? And our survival center um, is not governed by the frontal lobe not governed by the frontal cortex where like rationalization and logic is right mm-hmm. like i can't rationalize myself um out of like breathing it's not gonna happen <laughs> it that it's not the other way around and um 
I believe a lot of people um, um, are born with the ability, like uh, these natural coping mechanisms, like uh, like logic and like rationale to like work through things. Uh, I think my like, I think the dilemma for me was I wasn't. Mm. So like, there's no car brakes. <laughs> there was no way for me to like, uh, like stop before I hit the wall. Yeah. But like where other people could like rationalize the idea that no, you two friends are like just as good of friends with you. I mean, look, we, you played with him yesterday. Like he called you the other day before, like clearly <laughs> like it's all good. Like life's good. It's all good, yeah. man. Your mom doesn't love your sisters and your brothers more. Like she's driving you to the AAU basketball games. She's showing up to all your football games. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's, it's, it's all equal, man. Mm. I didn't have the ability to like uh, do that or like see that. And it just like, it created this stress, like cortisol, you know? And, yeah. uh, and a lot of people like deal with cortisol by like rationalizing. They, they, it doesn't stack up on them. Uh, they say like the two people, um, like after people have passed away, they've checked like spinal taps mm-hmm. of, um, and the two people with the highest concentration of cortisol are addicts and suicide victims. No kidding. It makes sense to me because, um, <laughs> all this cortisol for me kept stacking up for 13 years, you know? And, um, and the thing with cortisol, like it, it triggers like uh, the fight or flight, you know? Yep. And, um, it basically acts as like, um, a threat to your survival mm-hmm. to do something about it. And, um, it makes sense that like, for me, like I felt like my brain was telling me that like literally our life was on the line. And, um, at every moment too, right? At every moment, even little moments, right? Yeah, little moments. Like I'm talking about this amount of like stress, this actual chemical that I'm keep storing my body. I'm not allowing it to release any. It is literally has me in the grips. Mm. That I, like I need to either kill myself or kill someone else because that's literally the only two options I feel like I have. And then I found drugs. And what drugs did was my brain made an immediate connection. We had all this life-threatening stress in your life. We introduced this thing and it cured that. And that connection and pathway was strong, as strong as the, the need to breathe because it happened there. It was as strong as the need for food. It was as strong as the need for sex. It, it, was, it was that innate. It was like, uh, it was where it all happens, man. Yeah. I want to change for my mom. I want to change for my girl. That doesn't govern that. Mm. You know what I mean? Nothing governs that. The only thing I've found to be able to govern that is like go way far upstream and like start with a belief system that might actually work. Yeah. I mean, like that's the only, it's like when you, when you think about it, like you asked the question, like, where does it come from? Like was like a slow and I think I was born susceptible. Yeah. slowly 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 like um allowed things to like stack up on myself and just deal with it until i found like the cure and it's like you veer down a path and as you veer down that path you get like way into the woods and then before you Mm -hmm. know it you don't see the other path anymore and you're like deep 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 in the woods it's so funny that you say that you're susceptible to that man i'm going to tell you 
this is such an important conversation because I truly believe that there is a lot of people out there that are experiencing a very similar situation to yourself. I know I, I, I did not grow up in the world. Like I had trauma and it was, and it was, but, but in, in the overall scheme of things, that trauma could have been quelled through my life. You know, I had a good life. I had a good family, all that stuff. You know, later in life, my family did go awry and there were some things that, you know, I maybe didn't see when I was younger, but at the all in all, I was really, really good. And, um, kind of lost where I was going with that. But at the end of the day, it's just really, it's, 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 it's kind of shocking to me that we, that there's so many people out there that are experiencing these same kind of attacks on their psychology without mm-hmm. anything to trigger it. And it's like, I, like you said, like you, you, you were born with it, you were susceptible, susceptible to it. Something led you down that path. You chose to walk down it. And then you just went down it for years and years and years until you couldn't see the other path. Mm-hmm. Eventually something gets there that makes you want to see the path again or get out of the woods that you're in. Yeah. Because it's, it's, and you know, the drugs have a tendency to like make it feel like you're out of those woods. It makes it feel like you're not, and then it makes it feel like you have like this, like you know, mirage of the other path kind of coming up in front of you again. But it never, it always just kind of fades away once the high goes away. So, how is it that you were able to? Because it's hard, man. I know from my own experiences, it can be really hard. And I know other people have talked about it. it. Can be really, really difficult when you're deep in the woods like that to try to even tell yourself, oh, man, maybe I'll turn around and walk where I was walking again, just so that way I can get back to the other path. Or maybe I'll just take this right <laughs> and just start walking hard into the woods until I get to the path again. What, what did that for you, man? And then how did you do it? Hmm. That's like, that's the million dollar question right there. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy to think about because so like I had a lot of like these like jackpots along the way, like jackpot being like an arrest or like a family intervention or the loss of a job or the loss of a friend. You know what I mean? Like these crazy like things that jolt you, like jolt your system uh, back to reality. And like sometimes those can like spawn like uh, the try spawn the will to try to find the the way back or find the way forward wherever you, way you want to look at it and um and like i had plenty of those um you know like i got introduced to the idea that i could stop using drugs probably like uh four years prior to stopping using drugs wow um you know my first experience with like uh was a family intervention um mm-hmm. I had uh, run out of things to steal from my parents. I run out of like uh, hustles and I had run out of all these things. And um, I decided to like um, go out of my way, like driving an hour north and uh, break into my sister's home and like steal from her too. And um, think like she wouldn't notice or something like that, you know, but uh, she noticed and um you know, her first call is like to my mom, not thinking that her brother just broke into her house to steal things to go pawn them in to get kids. She was like isolated. From it. She didn't know that her brother had turned into like a heroin addict, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she uh, was going to call the cops. And um, that's when like my mom like let her in and uh, 
that's when like the whole first thing, like the family that coalesced around the idea that like that I was like struggling and like I had the intervention and, um, you know, I'm 22, 23 years old and they shipped me down to Miami and it was a $40,000 a year, like, uh, recovery place. It was like the ones you read, you see on the commercials, like the passages mouth. Like it was like amazing, you know? Yeah. 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 I've only taken one vacation since then, like since I've been clean, that was as nice as <laughs> like, you know, like gourmet chef and like massage tables and like yoga and like, all oh, it was just, it was fantastic. And, um, wow. it was the most beautiful place I've ever been to. And, um, I decided to leave after three days because they told me that, uh, you know, I might need to believe in something greater than myself. Mm. Like that's how like close-minded I was. That's how willing I was to like uh, embrace any new anything. Mm. I thought I had like a physical addiction, and as soon as three days was up and I wasn't physically addicted, I was gonna like go be fine. And, do you think it? I don't mean to interrupt you, but I had to no, ask. No, this. Go ahead. Do you think it was that you didn't? Like it's odd that you didn't. Like it, it's like you trusted yourself you trusted yourself more than that higher power. And it was like, it seems as though you were scared to trust the idea that there could be something other than yourself to actually quell that. For sure. I mean, I'm an, I'm an analytical person. I'm a scientist. That's what I do for Mm -hmm. a living. Um, I like the idea when I could figure out, you know, a plus B equals C, you know, like I like the, I like to be able to, look at facts and evidence and like data and then I can make sense of it. And then like there's an outcome and that outcome is going to be repeatable. And like, you can expand upon the repeatable outcome because it is that way. Totally. Sorts of things are like how I, that's how my brain is built. So the idea that I have to believe in something that like, you know, I've seen plenty of evidence since then. Now that I see it with different eyes, but on the onset, like, no, I don't have any evidence for it. Like, you guys sound crazy. <laughs> I'm not joining a cult. Like, I had all this, like, for 20-something years, I just built up all this misinformation and, like, character, I, I character assassinated people. I associated with that, and, like, it was just this ginormous wall that I was not, not even close to willing to, like, let in. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of willpower and self-will and, if I was going to turn over my self-will and all of a sudden, like, you're going to make me non-human. Like I'm not even a human anymore. That's like a defining characteristic of what it is to be human. And like, they, like I, so self-identified, it's like human identified. It's like identification with the body to mm. like the, to like the hundredth fold. Right. Mm. So like, you know, that was my state then over the next four years, like the last place I went to was not, you know, and in the, in those four years, like, just like self-sabotage and tragedy was mm-hmm. like the only, my only accomplishment over in the next four years was that I just didn't die. That was wow. the only accomplishment I had in four years. I didn't die. And, um, luckily like that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. You can't die before it happens. So, right. um, you know, the last place I went to, um, was like a hole in the wall. Like it almost was like, uh, was like had very prisony vibes, you know? I mean? <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah. very prison vibes. Like it wasn't like the, um, those like 
memory foam beds. Like this was the plastic one because like the two tenants previously like urinated a lot on it. Like it was that kind of place. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'd love to and and I'd love to say like that was enough. Like that wasn't even enough for me. Like I'm not I nothing was enough. Like I still to this day, like I wish I could give you like this like aha moment this like moment of absolute clarity, like when things clicked and like for a second, I had a glimpse of like what I was missing or like something intervened and like jolted me. Like it wasn't anything like that. Wow. I went to bed on October 16th and said that I'm not going to ever use again. And then I woke up on October 17th and I didn't use and I haven't used since. But the issue is, I said, I'm not going to use again every night for three years. Wow. And every day I woke up and I used the difference between like that day and every other day. Like, I don't know. I was, the only thing I can explain is that like, um, I was so, I had nothing left to give it. Like so beyond exhausted and tired and like, just mentally shattered doesn't even like the, the words aren't invented to explain the way I felt mm. like to like truly paint the proper picture of like just how broken I was. Like I don't have the words for it. Mm-hmm. And like, and like I was just willing that day to maybe try harder than I had tried before. Yeah. It was not like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like this. It was, it was not that light bulb moment. No, 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 no. That's important, man. I actually think that's important because I think a lot of people who listen to anybody who's been in the recovery space or anybody who's dealt with any sort of ontological stress that just seems to turn their life upside down. I think those people who are in the space of trying to heal that trauma or heal that Mm -hmm. issue are, 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 I think everybody, including myself, are looking for that day when you just go, oh, oh my goodness, how stupid could I have been? It's like right in front of me. And you hear a lot, like a, like a predominantly, to be perfectly honest with you, most of the stories that I hear, there are those kinds of things for people. It's actually really empowering and enlightening to hear yourself say that, you know, this was just kind of a moment that it was just one of those days that it worked that day. And yeah. it actually shows the power of using the mantra to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna use. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm not gonna use. And even if it took like, three years, you know. Yeah, if I look at it like just like your one of your questions was like, what spawned you to become an addict, right? Thing. Mm. It was this very slow, slow, drawn out, painful process. Mm. What how'd you find recovery? What was the moment? There wasn't. It was this very slow, (laughs) painful process. You know what I mean? They've they've mimicked each other in opposite directions. Yeah. You know, like they've, it's, it's been like that. It's been like that, that like, in like the recovery, uh, the the former recovery that I go to the 12 step fellowship, um, like hand out these like, uh, you know, key tech for lengths of, you know, clean time, like, you know, it's a big accomplishment. Like one day clean for an addict is a miracle, like a true, true miracle. But, and like you go up every 30 days, you get 
days, you get 90 days to go up. Everyone gives you a round of applause. Like I had had so many times where like, I got like three days together or five days together. And I had like re like just never able to string time together that even on October 17th, like I never went up and got those. Cause I just was always waiting for like the shoe to drop, you know, mm-hmm. like I never even thought it could be real. Like there was definitely no aha. Like I got this thing or like, aha, like I, this is definitely for me. It was more like, I'm all out of bad ideas and this is my last best. <laughs> yeah. you know? That's, that's what it was. Which is wild to think now because man, I mean, you've obviously been sober for a considerable amount of what's your, what's your actual, how long have you been sober now? October 17, 2014. So I just celebrated six years in, uh, in October. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh So having said what you just said, knowing that there's not that like, okay, we got this, you know, Mm. how, how, how do you maintain on a daily basis today? You know, and, and, and especially in a climate Mm -hmm. of today's world where, it seems as though today that there are so many people experiencing ontological stress that have never experienced it before, just because our climate in, 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 in the world is so chaotic. So how are you, how are you maintaining to, especially coming from the addiction space where it's, you know, obviously easier for you to dip back into that world than for somebody who has maybe never dipped into that world at all and just happens to be experiencing it now. So how are you maintaining? How are you, how are you staying strong and true to yourself? I guess the cool thing um, about recovery is that um, they introduced me to this new way to live, you know, and um, like I talked a little bit about my past and I was always either living in the past or like very distant future. Mm -hmm. I never had to live in the moment. And um, I get introduced to this thing. Like you just have to live one day at a time. And it's like, this is the stupidest cliche, like, it's like a slogan. It's literally a slogan. Like, you know what I mean? Like bumper stickers and like, I'm sure there's t-shirts and hats, like one day at a time, 24 hours living the now. Like it's just it's like, it is dude. I, I, it makes me laugh funny. even hearing you say it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, it's stupid, funny. simple. Yeah. 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 But it works. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It works. It really, really, really does. Like, and like, I got very, very, very into this like way of life. Like I remember like, I probably had like, you know, six months clean and, um, my family was going to go on this like vacation. I've been like doing good, man. I've been like doing the right thing. Like, I'm just like, I'm like plowing through, like I'm like living life again. And, um, they're like, Oh yeah. And like two months, we're going to go on this family vacation. They're like, do you want to go? Like we have to reserve a room. We have to get a plane ticket. And I'm just like, slow down. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm living one day at a time. Like, I don't even know if I'll be around like in mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like it was that, like, I didn't believe in like calendars and like, like I was like, I fully, fully embraced it. And like, now I let myself think about the future and like, I certainly reflect on the past, but it just became so ingrained in me that even now, like with like all the turmoil in the world, whether it's like from an institutional standpoint or a financial standpoint, or like, I don't get to see my friends as often. There's all this like instability, like everything is volatile and it's like crazy. Like I go back to that, but like I can, I can just go back to where my feet are and just know that like, no, I just have to log a 24 hours, do the right thing mm-hmm. and up in the right place. Like, it's like, Dude, it's so huge. All I have to like, that's all I have to do is I just will do the right thing. 
show up and like if i wake up tomorrow then like i'll just do that again mm. and like work out like uh that's the faith thing that's the thing that annoyed the shit out of me for 20 <laughs> no it's not gonna work out how do you know mm. i don't know because i like i believe it's not a knowing it's like uh it's in it's it got it's in my fabric now mm-hmm. like i don't have to i don't i don't need proof mm-hmm. like my i have the proof look at the last six years mm. you know what i mean like that's it, it builds now but but yeah. do you think it's funny that you said that look at the last six years but do you think from the times when you were constantly trying to make sure you knew what the next step was going to be that you're you, you're you obviously as humans we pull from an evidence-based place. That's what you just said. You know, you look mm-hmm. at evidence. So if you're pulling from that evidence-based space and you're looking to what's going to happen next and your evidence is nothing but dog shit, <laughs> mm. then you have yeah, a tendency so, to pull on that, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I guess that was the important thing. Like if there was one, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know if call it a moment, um, but there was a whole pile of evidence waiting for me when I was finally able to looking for it. It just wasn't evidence based on my life. It was evidence based on these men that I met that did it before. Mm. And it was not. So yeah, I only had 26 years of dog shit to pull on. I had 26 years of like, you know, I didn't have any proof. No, for me, it was all going to work out terrible. And I was probably going to, you know, I mean, die alone somewhere. Like it was, but I met some men that like had that same part. And then they also had like the next 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And they were like, listen, kid, like, you know what I mean? Like, actually, there is this thing that can happen. Just maybe like it happened for me, like just maybe it could happen for you, too. And like, I finally, like, there was that glimmer of hope that like, you know, like fanned the spark, like the yeah. spark completely go like they fanned the flame, man. And now, like, you know, I'm a fucking inferno, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like now you get to be that glimmer of hope for people, you know, really. I mm. mean, it's such an important and, and I and for me, I think that that's what's so awesome about the recovery space. And most of the people who I've met who are who have taken taken a deep seated part in it, like yourself, mm. you become that space for the next person in line to say, sure. wow, you know, I think, uh, uh, I mean, even for me having this conversation with you, there's so much things that I relate to you with just, just mentally wise. Cause like I said, for me personally, I didn't grow up in the worst of situations. I did have some trauma, you know, the last time when I was a little kid, all those little things, but there was something about this attack on my psychology that mm. I share with you that is so so interesting to hear and then the ability all the all the different modalities and the things that you can use to stay on track A instead of on track B you know it's, sure. uh, to me it's really a beautiful thing and I think a lot of people out there are really in the space where they're they're hunting for that ability to be able to go how do I how do I transmute this stuff that seems to be the same thing over and over again? And then when they meet, when you get to hear us from somebody like yourself, you, you finally can plant your foot in like a, like a new, like a, okay, may not be real for me, may not be real for me right now, but there are people out there that are doing that. And, and I can relate to you and hopefully mm. somebody else can also relate to you. They may be able to take your story and go, Holy shit. You know? Yeah. I can't, I can't, dig back into my box of tricks and use any of that shit to say that the future is going to be better. But look at this guy. Like we shared a lot of the same box of tricks, Mm. but all of a sudden he found a new box. 
maybe he'll let me borrow some of the tricks out of that box. And mm. that's a beautiful thing. I think about the, that's this particular space is that it, all the tools and the, and the tricks are on the table. There's nothing held back from anybody here. It's like, mm. and that's what I love about what you're doing because you're, you're, you're just, just talking about this. And I'm sure you go to with being in the 12 step program. I'm sure you talk to a ton of other guys who are coming in brand new and are looking for somebody to like, mm dude, give me a hand, bro. And help me pull me out of this shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's definitely like you get to become your message, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how like it, I get the constant reminder every time I go and I see a new guy walk in and he's, you know, 60 pounds and gray and dying. Like I get to look at my old mirror and I get to mm-hmm. see what I used to look like. And it's, it keeps it close, keeps me green. and lets me know, like, you know, like I'm not too far removed and I certainly wouldn't be too far from that mm. if I decided to like um, make a different decision than what I'm doing now. Like, like that's like a beautiful thing, but like, it's pretty cool. Um, Cause like I'm in this space now where I had to stop using drugs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My life was not going to get better if I stopped using drugs. I need to figure out a way to stop using those drugs. And then I, I did I found this st- fellowship and I met these men who had this experience and they gave me like these very simple suggestions that allowed me to stop using drugs. Mm-hmm. It works. You know what I mean? So now I'm, a tw- I'm, you know, this is a few years ago. Now I'm, you know, 27, I got a year clean. I know how not to get high. Right. Mm-hmm. I've got like some tools in my belt. Like I know, like sort of how to cope with life, like in this thing. I guess what like it doesn't interest me more now is like so like what do you do? Yeah. And that's like a more interesting question to me. Like, okay, yes. stop using drugs. You have a second lease on life. So what do you do? And I think a lot of people who might not share um like that previous 26 years of like pain up the road and down the road and all these things that led me to that point they also get faced with that other one question. What are you going to do? Yeah. And I think that in society, if someone couldn't identify with um, like that previous part, like most everyone can identify with like, what are you going to do? And I think that's like the part that interests me most now because I got clean. I had a year clean. I had a relationship that I was with someone for, you know what I mean? a million in one years. Yeah. Um, I had previously went to college. I had a degree to pursue this thing that I thought I wanted to do. And I had this life waiting for me once I got clean mm. and the life, albeit beautiful. And it was like composed of like all these dreams, but I just found out like, and it took me some time that like the life that I stepped back into, um, just happened to be the life that I think for the most part, I was running away from the whole time. Wow. Wow. And that's the hit, right? So like I had a I woke up from getting clean year one, year two, year three. I woke up and uh I was living in a life of like dreams, but they were someone else's dreams. Yeah. And like that is where like the cool practices of like recovery and like self-reflection and like staying in touch with reality and voicing my feelings and allowing myself to be vulnerable 
and allowing myself to like grow and dream and think and believe in myself. Like, yeah, those things helped me get clean, but it was like, it was like in that moment that like those things like really paid dividends. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think a lot of people are met with that moment and um, sometimes they just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I met with a moment where like, um, you know, I'd been like doing all those self-reflective things and like increasing all this awareness. And I was like, I came to a point where I was so aware that I was living a life I didn't want to live. Yeah. That like, um, that like there was like very few options left. It was like, okay, I know another life I could have. I could use drugs and like, I could firmly escape this life that I don't want to live. I could, um, you know, not say a word and I could wake up 10 years from now with two kids I resent because like I just stayed around, probably get a divorce, messy breakup, kids grow up in a broken home. I could do that. And that's on the table. You know what I mean? Like my way through the next 13 years until the kids are out of, out of high school. You know, yeah. that's like that whack ass game. That seems to be everybody's, everybody's MO. Let me just wait till the kids get out of school. Wait till they get out of school and then we'll get on with like, so, so that was an option. Um, or I could like, um, you know, uh, really put those tools to work and like, really decide what I want to be, what I want to get out of life, what life really means to me, what is success, what what is the purpose to this whole thing, what brings me joy, what brings me long-lasting happiness, like big boy questions that like um, I ran from for a very, 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 very long time because mm-hmm. aren't like soup can questions, like what's your favorite kind of soup? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What, you know, who's your favorite sports team? Like, these are like big overarching questions that if you answer them honestly, you're faced with this awareness thing where like, okay, you know the truth. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And, and like, that's, that's when everything changed really for like the most, in, like the second time. And that's where like, that was the moment. You know what I mean, that yeah. one, that's the light bulb. It was like, it was like gradual to get there. The awareness piece, mm. awareness plus action equals change. The action piece happened in a moment mm-hmm. and my life went upside down <laughs> in the dark, completely broken and shattered. And like, and it's been able to come together so much more beautifully, man. Yeah. Like, that like I've got to experience like freedom of the soul, yeah. you know, yeah. Or like, I get to like, I, I, over the last year and a half, it is very, very difficult for me to differentiate between my memories and my dreams. I'm more excited to like wake up than I am to go to bed. Like I don't, that thing that happens when I sleep doesn't come close to scratching the surface of what I get to do on a daily basis. Like it's like this. It's unreal, man. It's like Dude, that's some mic drop stuff, and that's really good. Like, like for real. Like, I had sat down with this counselor, man. Like, this was on like the awareness train. This is when the awareness was building within me, and he was literally like, write down the five things that like bring you the most peace, or the most joy, or the most contentment, the things that speak to your innermost peace. Like, 
write down those things, the things that bring your soul to life, like write those things down. And then he was like, and I did that. And he was like, all right, now take this other piece of paper and write down the five priorities in your life. Not based on what you think they are, based on the amount of time you spend doing them, because those are actually your priorities. Your priorities aren't what they, they think. It's yeah, what, you, what you want them to be. What's what you, yeah. yeah. So I did that. And then we sat there and we compared the lists. And there wasn't a single one from one list on the other list. So I was spending my whole entire life doing the things that don't give me life. Mm. Um, and like now, like I live the other one. Mm. I live the things that literally like breathe life into me. Like it is not easy to like, to like see this beautiful life. Like, cause I have, I had like a beautiful house and like, the two cars, like the Mercedes and the thing, and we've got two fluffy cats and like a beautiful yard and like probably going to get married and have the kids and I'm living next to my hometown. And it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm going to just blow that all up. You know, I'm going to walk away from absolutely everything with absolutely no plan other than I got a list and these things bring my soul to life. Mm. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> that's the only thing. So Dude, I'm that's gonna, faith right there, bro. If I haven't yeah. heard it in itself, right there, that's like the yeah. definition of faith. So, like, you know, I make the decision, and like, um, you know, I got no place to live, right? I got nowhere to go. I just broke up with a girl for 15 years who stuck by me through addiction, like coil, like I'm talking like layers and layers and layers of pain and love and hurt and beauty too, and like, so I'm gonna walk away from that. And um, on a dime too, like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. It was like, all right, can I have a talk with you? And like, it was over. And uh, you know, I, I ended up crashing on the guy who saved my life in the 12 step fellowship. I crashed on his couch for a few days. And then, um, and then uh, you know, I told you that sister um, that I drove an hour North to break into her home, just yeah. family heirlooms the one from the original intervention mm -hmm. we'll see over the course of like that four and a half years, I had like done a lot of like right things, you know, and uh, that relationship healed. I was like, she had her brother back and there was like this beautiful trust. And um, she had since moved to Plainville, but still owned this family home in Burlington mm -hmm. currently unoccupied. So like, and I'm still paying a mortgage on the other house. I have no money. At, like I don't have enough money to like pay what a house in Burlington mass goes for. Like <laughs> she's like, no problem. You know what I mean? Like go live there. Oh, man. Like do whatever you need to do. Take as much time as you need to take. Mm -hmm. and, like I love, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and that's where I'm still at today. Like that. I'm still living in that place that she's allowed me to like live at. What I, I got it, chills, bro. <laughs> it's, un, it's unreal, unreal, man. And like, it gave me very few people are granted a second chance at life. Mm -hmm. Very few people are granted a second chance at a second chance. Yeah, <laughs> those, are the, those are the shoes that I wear. That like I've, I'm, I'm living that. And like I did, man. I set out when I got here. Like, I'm gonna minimalize. I'm gonna simplify. And I'm gonna chase down these things on my list. I'm going to live them.
and I'm going to do it. And like, and by doing that, it introduced me to all the current people who are in my life. Mm. I mean, like all these beautiful relationships, my best friends, you know what I mean? Who, you know, I came up here, I wasn't so far away from everybody in my network. I know I had my meetings. I had to restart all that. Now I feel new again. It's my first day clean. And like, I go to a meeting and I like raise my hand and pretty much like shout, like, you know, like, I'm new here. Like I got no friends. I need friends. And I like to do this, 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 and this. And like this kid with like two days clean comes up to me and was like, you know, like I like to do that stuff. And I was like, like how long do you get clean? He's like two days. I'm like, cool. Cause I know how to stay clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna help you get clean. And like, you're going to help me like, you know, cause you need to, it's good to experience life with somebody. You know what Fuck I mean? Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Like I got to meet my best friend that day. Like oh, two <sighs> moving to Burlington, I met my best friend that I still have today. Mm. You know, I also got to like, I learned about life, like, because I was so alone, you know, I was living in this big house. I had found two couches on the side of the road. So I dragged the two couches in. It's a very old house. So none of the ceilings have like, they don't have lamps in them. Yeah. There's, yeah. No can lighting. You have to bring your own. It's yeah. B- it's BYOL. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I really didn't have any. You know, I guess I got one, like, it's been a lot of, no TV, no internet, no nothing like that. I live in the dark for like, you know, like two months, three months. Very, very alone. And um, one cool thing I found is that I enjoyed my own company. Which is great. That's I a good thing. Work on myself that, like, it was cool. You know what I mean? I loved, I fell in love with myself. Enough to do something for myself. So I was cool with being alone. But then I found out, like, as I was like going off on all these journeys and expeditions, whether it's rock climbing or cliff jumping or hiking or climbing these summits that I wanted to summit or like going to try these art clubs, like, experience life on the level that I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that although all those experiences were cool very early on when I came out here to do it, um, it was way cooler to do that stuff when you had someone to talk to mm. had someone to like share the view with. Yeah. It was way cooler to like trip over the same rock on the hike with somebody. Yeah. That like happiness that like Christopher McCandless quote, like happiness is only real when it's shared. Mm-hmm. Like, although I had like this found like this well being content with myself, like, what I was looking for was like to share this life with somebody. And, um, and like, and like that's happened too. You know what I mean? Like yoga was one of those things on my list. So I became like suit. Like I practice yoga as often as I can. It's been much harder with the pandemic, but like, well, prior to the pandemic, like, you know, three or four times a week, like I'm, I'm going to flow, you know what I mean? Like it marrying breath with like, it just gives you, it's a, uh, it's amazing to me. It's one of my anchors, and um, it's like a Monday at noon. I work this job where uh, I get to like kind of do my own deal. It's another blessing that I lucked into. Yeah. But um, so it's Monday at noon at Lexington Power Yoga. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, she lays down on the, she takes the mat in front of mine. You know what I mean? And like. Mm-hmm. Uh, chat her up a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm probably definitely going to go back next Monday at noon and like, yeah. 
a little bit more and I'm, you know, I like go back the next time and like, you know, like, I'm like, this is like the universe. Like now I'm like plugged in. I got the best friend, like things are going so well. I'm like, thanks universe. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to talk to this girl and, um, and I like asked her for her number and, uh, she was like, no, <laughs> 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 that's fucking awesome <laughs> like no no not really no that, i was like sick like i'm usually pretty good at, like reading the room you know what i mean i thought i like had it i'm like yeah you, you thought know. you were all good you're like i got this no worries <laughs> good and um you know and and prior to me asking her like um i'm like uh very big because for like it's like i'm about I'm about treating everyone with respect mm-hmm. about treating like, like the man who sits right here right now, like treats women with absolute class dignity and respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I moved up here, like I do know that I might not want like, um, the gray walls and like the, that thing. Yeah. 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 Advertise on TLC th or what? TLC. TLC or whatever, network, yeah, whatever yeah. the home network is, whatever that show is, you know. Yeah, like I may not want that, but I do want um, to fall in love and like share a life with a like a woman, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had been up here like dating women too, mm-hmm. um, and like I would uh, not be involved physically. That was the number one rule. Like I didn't get all get involved romantically. Wow because I find it's a lot harder to tell the truth after you're naked. And, <laughs> and after the, after the naked, <laughs> yeah, very much. What's harder. that contract signed? Yeah. <laughs> very much harder to tell the truth. And, um, so I had dated a few times and I, um, was able to like date women with like dignity and respect and, um, and walk away, not having burnt bridges to at least the best of my ability to know that like, there was no false motive. Like it was honesty the whole time. Like I was going to be upfront and honest about what I was looking for. And when it found out that it wasn't going to work, I was going to let him know. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, by the time I got to this person, uh, who's not my girlfriend, um, like I just saw something and I was like, yeah, this is, this is like, this is very much like I met her organically. I didn't have to swipe right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was not one of those situations. And, yeah. uh, you know, she said no. And um, I'm a pretty persistent dude. And uh, so like I go back the next week and I just chat her up and then it was like, I'll go back the next week. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to ask her for a number, but like, I'm just going to get her Instagram handle. And then like, she can see that like, I'm actually a pretty awesome dude. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the inner motive, but you know, and. Um, oh, that's so good. It's like everything else, man. It was a slow, it's a, it was a slow, slow, slow progression. process. Yeah. Yeah. Slow process. But like now she's like, uh, she's my best friend too. And, um, mm. it's the first experience I've ever had that, uh, like I told you, I woke up in someone else's dream. It's the first experience I've had, um, romantically and maybe just in any relationship that I'm with someone who dreams in the same language. Whoa. That's huge. <laughs> I feel like so many times I talk to people and it's good to have differences and like it, it's that, that stuff is great. But like when you find someone whose soul burns the same fuel as yours and you're able to like feed each other like that, like it's magic, man. It's 
sub, sub, subconscious basketball. levels subconscious levels it doesn't have to be worked at it's just it just it, it just it it's just in, kind yes. of it's just it's like a, it's like a, it's like a spring the water just comes yeah. up it just comes up yeah like you're 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 in the, the crystal bowl like the idea of like everyone having like a frequency and like casting out this energy like when they're both in harmony like that the music that it plays man it's nothing it's like nothing i've ever experienced before mm. the amount of like like instant connection and like depth of life that you can experience with someone who's like on the same level and like has a, a very similar like North star, you know what I mean? So you're like, you're like going in the right, the same direction already. Like it is just like, it, it, it blows my mind, man. Yeah. You know, a year and a half prior to like the person who sits here, like I was, um, you know, I just blew up my old life. I found out very quickly that like there's a very thin line between drowning and learning to swim and you don't know until after and that was like what it was and and I I feel like when I had first made the decision to like go after these goals like change the arc and trajectory of my life mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people who try to do that they pull back because they're sure they're drowning yes the water is too deep they're sure that they made a mistake they can't possibly fight the torrid current Hmm. and they they leave before they learn that they're actually just like do you think that's do you think that's unfamiliarity yeah yeah i think i think for sure i think that a lot of people um are not so much afraid of the unknown People are very, people are horrified of the known coming to an end. That's mm. what keeps people stuck. Even if it's shitty. We are, we are built to explore the unknown. We are explorers by nature. We are, we are those people. It's when the known, when you have to shut a book, that's like people like, no, no, let me, you know, that mm-hmm. wasn't so bad. Well, it was, it might've been a guy. Mm-hmm were you know what i mean the reason why i tried to leap you know it was like and they go back and um i'm blessed because i haven't looked back that's a beautiful thing man i'm grateful that you haven't looked back because in all respects because you're not looking back like you you've you're literally be for just me talking to you man so many little pieces of your story are lighthouses like for other people, you know, and it's so phenomenal that you've been able to stay through because when you, we live in a world today where everything goes really quick and everything happens really, really, really fast. And it seems to be almost easy to make things happen just because of how fast it happens for you to be able to uh, make it through the slow burns of everything. That that's a, that's an accomplishment. And that I think gives people the ability to have that faith in themselves of, of, of dealing with the slow burn because there is a, there is a light at the end of that tunnel instead of just being like, fucking dude, I am tired of grinding through the fucking slow burn. Drugs were way easier. <laughs> you know, even if it was hard, it was way easier. So, I mean, that's amazing, dude. I, I, I love every aspect of your story because it is, is it's like indifferent than most. 
it's like because yeah it's an addiction story and it, you know addiction stories have a tendency to share mm -hmm. a lot of the same threads but what's different about yours is, is you don't come from the same space that most people in the addiction space come from you come from a very different thread of existence which allows people who may be searching for somebody to find help in but most people in that addiction space might be somebody who had, they have a lot of trauma sitting underneath their belt. And I give credence to you too, for being able to go into that space. And I'm sure most of the people that you had to look up to come from a place of trauma, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it really is. It's like, it's almost like, you know, in an odd way, you were be, you were in a shitty way contracted to go through this shitty stuff, even though you had a really great, start just so that way you could be the person for the other people out there that are like what the hell man there's no reason i should be experiencing this i lived a great life like how am i why am i dealing with this you know you're like that lighthouse man hmm. that's super huge. i think you see it more nowadays too like um the prevalence of drugs has always been prevalent you know what i mean but i think that um the opiates crossed a barrier probably like uh, 10 to 15 years ago where um, I personally never would have like um, jumped from weed and alcohol into shooting heroin. I would have never done that. Mm -hmm. uh, I know many people would have never done that, right. but there was like um, this like prescription pill. And when it says prescription on it, it makes you feel like comforted because like you've gotten prescriptions your whole life. It's like and I, safety. There's like this, this is like this no fail zone to it. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people who weren't normally affected to the depths of addiction um, or would have been, but it would have taken some time with some other things were able to cross that bridge. So like, although I might, although my story is the fact that I came from a good place, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. college degrees is rarer than it's becoming more and more and more and more that that is who you're going to see walk in the door. Like it's, it's almost wild, like, dude. It's wild. Less of, it's less the people who are coming from trauma. And if I was like, do the average out more often, not it's the kid who, you know I mean? Went to prep school or the kid who, you know I mean? Came from a good, it's, it's those sorts of uh, people that I think are trending uh, to come in because of the way that, that, that drug got rolled out. I agree with that, man. Give me one second. I just want to plug my computer in before it dies. Hold on one second. Yeah. No worries, man. I also live in an old house too, brother. And all the, <laughs> all the plugs in this house don't have a grounding outlet. So <laughs> there you go. You know, I'm like trying not to choke myself with this thing. And they're charming, though. There we go, dude. I tell you what, man. I couldn't be more grateful to be, to be in this space. It's uh, to have it being on False Pond and everything. It's literally. It's all the things that I needed to start getting a little bit more peace in my life because I was. We were living in the middle of town, man, in the middle of Mansfield, and it was loud and obnoxious, and mm. I had a 5G tower on top of my house. You know, it was just <laughs> like literally like the, the, the level of stress was, was 
Mm. It's, it's hard to escape even with all the modalities, all the breath work, yeah. all the meditation, all the stuff. It was just like it was in your face, you know, and then you live with people <laughs> in an apartment complex. And if they have a bad day, they want to tell you about it. And mm. uh, sometimes it was hard to escape that, too. So, yeah, man, super grateful to be here. That's like that's like a big thing, too. Like because of the move that I made, right? Mm-hmm. That if you took like the people who I spent the most time with two years ago, none of those 10 people left in my life. So that's only, that's only very interesting because like I'm a firm believer that your energy is the sum average of the 10 people you spend the most time with. I agree with that. So like, I think a lot of people like one thing they uh, could do in this life is like, to evaluate that mm-hmm. we get to pick and choose like what we bring into our life, who we bring into our life. And, um, I think a lot of people, um, like stay far past the expiration date in friendships, mm. relationships, in jobs, commutes, like all these things that people overstay and then wonder why, at night, they're cursing the world or like wonder why there's this undercurrent of angst that like won't go away mm-hmm. and like go back and it's like this they're on the hamster wheel, man and people are afraid to get off the hamster wheel mm-hmm. i think like that's like that's huge to be able to go to a new space and like reground yourself and now all of a sudden those tenants that are talking my ear off are like this guy that's annoying like, that's awesome like I wish more people like, and yeah, I guess you do need the availability um, and the possibility to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think those are also excuses to like make it happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Prioritize that and like make it happen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No one's going to make it happen for you. Mm-hmm. you know, we need to, you, you get to write your own story here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. As far as like, I believe in all these things, like maybe it's like a second life or a third life. But all I know for sure is that I'm 32 years old. So that's how much sand is in the bottom of the hourglass. Yeah. And I have absolutely no idea how much sand is in the top. But I know that once it all goes through, like, that's all I know for sure that that's it. That's it. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I know this one chance, this, this one life to do it. At least in this body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all I know for sure. I got this one. I don't know, I don't know if I come back. I don't know that for sure. Right. This one. You yeah, dude, I mean? totally, totally, man. And I think if people like started to like live life like that, like maybe they wouldn't stay in a job they hate. And how do I know they hate it? It's because every time I saw you, you told me you hate <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You hated your job. You hated the people you work with. You were treated like garbage. Well, how long you worked there? I've been there for twenty years. <laughs> that that people stay stuck, man. People it's like stuck. playing roles, dude. We just had a guy on the Healing Collective, and he said something to me that really stuck with me, and it probably never leave me. Is uh, we really do make the choice to play a role as a character mm-hmm. in the movie of life. And once we've read the script 
so many times and we don't read the script ahead. We usually have a tendency to read the script behind and then feel like we have to keep living that script because Lord knows everybody's been watching the movie and no one wants to be disappointed that the character that's been playing this role the whole time finally decides to become a different character. No one wants to see that. But I think everybody mm. needs to realize is that every single person that you call that no one wants to see that they're playing their own character. And there's probably a character in there that they should change. And they think mm. no one wants to see their character change too. But mm. if your character man is, is, is causing nothing but a life of disarray and trauma and, terrible mm. shit like to you so like to your point the guys been working in the job or the girls been working in the job for 20 years and you see them every day and they tell you they hate it you're just playing the role in your movie man and mm. you have to decide to 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 put an ending to the movie you know mm. it's so I, hard <laughs> i think too um i know this is a factor for me and i think it's a factor for a lot of people when they finally come to a place where they have a good understanding of what they want out of life that there's usually um, uh, the people who have been gatekeepers in your life are usually still left in it at that point. Maybe it's your parents, maybe it's a spouse you met early on, siblings, your boss at work, or usually there's these people in your life that um, have a vision of how your story is going to end. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they have a vision totally. of the, great, the totally. character totally. they they They're- created. And they have this vision of how it's all going to end. And now me, who like has been gifted life and I've been gifted opportunities and I've been gifted all these things from these people, these gatekeepers of my, my life, you know, I mean, they help raise me, they help move me in this direction. Now I'm going to stop. Now I'm going to change everything. Mm. What are they going to think? Am I letting them down? Mm. What are they going to, you know, how are they going to react? I think I'm this. Are they going to think I'm that? And so many people, I think, get hung up on living it for someone else. Yes. And 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 get trapped by the dogma of like, you know, what I mean that that, and then they just stay stuck like that instead. And like I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, my mom wants grandkids, or she has she has grandkids and twins on the way for my sister. Wow. She's got grandkids, but like, you know, she had an idea of the way my life was going. She. I got clean. She thought she was going to lose her son. Now he gets clean and he's got the house and he's going to have a kid and he's going to like live the American dream. And, um, you know, and then I, I'm, yeah, 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 exactly. No, I actually, I want to, you know, rock climb and I want to do yoga, I want to cliff jump and I don't care if I live in a van and I, you know I mean? None of that stuff's really important to me. And like, I think, um, you know, what she, and what I found out is, um, it was nothing like I thought that mm. she didn't react negatively. She didn't react like any of those ways. Mm-hmm. Her single and only thing was, I just want you to be happy. Mm. And those That's are the people that you want to be residual in your life. Mm. That was the only thing. I just want you to be happy. That was it. Mm. You know, all this, all this, these conversations I had in my head and like, disaster scenarios and like worst case scenarios like no i just want you to be happy and how can i help Mm. you know and i think more often than not the people who are supposed to be in your life the ones you really should care about will react the same way right because the ones that don't are just codependent on you mm. 
they need so. you to they need you to follow through with the dream that they had planned for you. Mm. And if you don't follow through with it, then all of a sudden their life now has missing a mm. piece and you're suddenly responsible for it. And that's not how we all operate. And I think like on like a bigger spectrum, even so like, you know, my parents had probably this vision of how my life was going to go. Right. But then like, even the idea of like the American dream, right. I was living it, you know what I mean? And in my opinion, like the idea that like, you can, you can come here, you can get an education, you can work hard, you can make something up your opportunity. Then you can own a house and you can have a kid and you can send them to school. And like, like that's, that's what the American dream is. I'm pretty yep. sure. Make something of yourself. You can, you can like do this thing and like have a dishwasher and maybe like a, <laughs> do this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can uh, come up with this fantasy and build it. Yeah. I think that like, for the most part, like America had the wrong dream, dude. Like, I think a lot of people get funneled. I think they have this really, really big funnel and they put all these different, like creative, beautiful, intelligent, amazing humans amazing individual humans with like a certain set of skills and desires and passions. And we put everybody in the same funnel, mm -hmm. funnel them to like higher education. We funnel them into like a debt scenario. Then we funnel them into jobs to pay for the debt. We put all these different people in the same funnel. And then, and then like they get, they get stuck. man. And they get pissed because they're not fulfilling their, their, their true nature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I don't by any means live. I don't think the American dream now, you know what I mean? I live mine. Like I, yeah. live, I live an uncommon life. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a lot of people too, because I'll like talk now to my other friends who like sort of like live more on that level. Uh, and I think there's like this like sexy look to like the uncommon life. Yeah. You have like uh living like vicarious, you just flow and you like kind of by the seat of your pants and you you do and oh my god, he's on a mountain this day, or he's like on the shore that day, and like, there's like this allure to it. And um the cool like the, the hit with like an uncommon life that like if you want to live an uncommon life, you have to be willing to live an uncommon life. Yep. You know what I mean, yeah, you can't expect to live all the feelings and emotions that come with the white picket fence life all the same time yes. traveling the world, you yeah. know, like you can't wake up every day and have the same coffee in your house with the same breakfast, the way that you like to do. Mm. Meanwhile, you are traveling in a van maybe for five days to this mountain. So that way you can get that kick-ass Instagram picture on the top of like, you know, it's some big summit somewhere. Yeah. You know, the picture looks fucking cool, dude, but don't forget, like we drove in a van for five days and everybody mm. smelled like dog shit and we ate yeah. like trash for a couple of days, but the picture yeah. looks cool. I think and my body hurts. I mean, my body <laughs> hurts. Like, dude, this, this is, is like, like the, this is like the, day. this is society wrapped into a box, man. You just, we, we really, it's like, to your point, it's the slow burn. You have to not see just the top of the mountain. Like you have mm. to understand that like there is no chairlift, you have to walk the mountain and then you'll get yeah. the picture. You're going to get the picture, sure. but only if you walk the mountain. But if you spend the entire time standing at the bottom, wishing for the fucking picture, you're just going to get mm. more and more pissed off. You're going to go deeper into that funnel and you're going to spend more time watching people like yourself 
just go, Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to live it. And I'm just going to go and skip the idea of the American dream. I mean, personally, dude, you just kind of enlighten that to myself because, you know, I have a family and a house and all the stuff. But then again, like we want to do all that stuff, you know, we want to travel and just go crazy. But then there's all these like prerequisites, you know, like, oh, yeah, we got to make sure that this is this flows right, you know, and mm. this flows right. Whereas that's me. My wife, on the other hand, she'll get in a van right now and doesn't give a rat's ass what happens tomorrow as long as we're alive. Yeah. And I, and I guess I would only like my only thing I would say is like, um, so I did grow up in like the classic American dream, right? Mm-hmm. But also happened to be my mom and dad's dream mm. i mean so i guess i would just have to say like there's no wrong way to to dream right right that that dream's not a bad dream yes it's not as long as it's yours mm. and like, the individual to come to come to terms with like am i really living like am i really living it to my to, to the fullest that i that i want to live it and i have plenty friends who like that is what they want they love it like yeah. they have like buying tons of dog food and taking care of their dog and like mowing the lawn like like that they it's what they want out of life man mm-hmm. amazing yeah. right? that's sick because they're fulfilled barbecues and cookouts and like like super happy for you you know what i mean like that doesn't do it for me Mm-hmm. Like, if it does it for you then like god god bless you know what i mean that's amazing it's so beautiful to hear you say that man oh. yeah, it's cool dude it's very very it's like yeah life is a life is a beautiful thing man mm-hmm. i'm sure it's meant to be lived so yeah, like, well, dude i'm telling you bro this was like as epic as it all gets for me because especially because i know you too from more than just like you know a lot of people uh, i talk to on this show i meet i meet through the healing collective or, or through instagram and you know, I don't have a lot of background, but to know you on a different level, I mean, like I said, we didn't spend a lot of time together when we were younger, but just to be able to see you and see what I remember and see where you're at now and then hear your story and stuff, man, I think it takes this particular episode for me to a whole different place. Dude, and it's really cool because like to dial it back to like, you know, recovery is still the most important thing in my life. If mm-hmm. I put that second, like, I can lose my life. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's still the number one thing in my life. And um, as a result of making it the number one thing in my life, like I remember when Kyle like showed up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he showed up, he was that mirror. He was me. You know what I mean? Two years prior, he was yep. me however long. I, it was a couple of years prior. And um, as a direct result of like getting to carry the message to him, um, and do my best in that way. Like he was able to like find this new way of life and like, and flourish with it and like find out what like made his soul come alive and find out what really like sparked his interests. Yeah. Like, and like he started like the, the, the collective and like, he probably got to reconnect with like, that's pretty sure that's like, how that's how we connected. And honestly, we never even knew any, we didn't know each other before this. So it's yeah. that, like that happens and this you know what i mean so like it's wild man that's that universal shit that like like we talked about in the beginning that's the shit that grows your fingernails pumps your heart Mm. and like does all the stuff that we just don't Mm. see and we want to know the answers from but we're just not privy to it we don't have the antennae for it you know man Mm. 
No doubt. Dude, so much love to you, brother. This has like been absolutely epic. I, I, I really think that your story, in particular, because of the the the, the ebb and flows of it, happened to mm. be just a trite out of the norm compared to most in this particular space. Will really be a huge help for people. So I'm stoked that we got to have this conversation. Yeah, hell yeah, man! It was a pleasure. Super stoked, man. I, I would love for you to like let people know how they can find you if they wanted to connect with you. Uh, I mean, I, I, we didn't even really even get to talk about it because I think the last time you and I were we hung out, we went on a hike together. You had mm-hmm. been talking about doing a lot of stuff with, uh, you know, doing your climbing and. I'm sure that there's going to be people that want to check all that stuff out. So how can they, uh, how can they connect with you? Yeah. I mean, I guess the only other than my cell phone number, which I won't give out on here. No, don't do that. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can DM me on Instagram at love state. Um, and I'll definitely put, uh, I'll reference this link on my, uh, on my Instagram after. And uh, oh, yeah. I'll link up all your stuff in the like, description too. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who is, uh, yeah. Looking for help, whether it's, you know, certainly recovery can definitely in the right the right direction like the resources that exist the stuff that saved my life Mm -hmm. but anybody else who like you know might not be in recovery but is like looking to find the reason why Mm -hmm. like you know i found it and you know it's pretty amazing so Mm -hmm. like i'd love to have conversations about like you know what do you want out of life and like why aren't you getting there yet and like how can i help you get there like yeah hit me up dude beautiful brother thank you so much dude and i uh just want to take a second and acknowledge you man for going through it and not giving up because i know many people in that particular space uh, myself included and anything that i've had to deal with in those in those facets it's real real tough real real tough and it gets real simple at times to just say you know what i think i'm gonna give up now because this shit's just too hard so Thank you for staying strong and staying positive and staying, uh, staying with it. Because like we talked about earlier, man, you have just become a lighthouse for so many people, man. One of which was gave us this ability to even have this conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's really a beautiful thing. It just shows that what, what's possible when you begin to dive into your higher self. So thank you, brother. It was a luxury, my brother. Enjoy. Excited to see where you go. So yeah, dude, much yeah. love. Stay in and- touch. We'll we'll definitely stay in touch. We'll be talking soon. Okay, brother. All right. Cool, man. Peace. Thank you, Brett. Peace out, man. Thank you, dude. Later. Later, brother. Thank you all so much for joining me on another episode of the Longer Life Podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And again, I thank you all for for coming back, listening. Uh, For those of you who are new, um, there was a slight break in time between episodes. They used to come out weekly and now it's been like maybe once a month, uh, sometimes even spottier. Uh, That is not intentional. There is a plan to have episodes back to weekly. I want to give you guys the best information that I possibly can to help you grow, transform, understand yourself, all that good stuff so we can live a vital happy life here on this planet um this this was a friggin' just such an exciting episode for me to like just be on the level with somebody that you know for so long and to really there's something powerful about witnessing someone's story that you that you can actually viscerally kind of experience because you've grown up 
within proximity to them and kind of watch their story via the internet and you know people that they know and it's just interesting to when you finally get to hear it from the actual person it's it, it, it can be so beautiful and Brett's vulnerability and humility and all the stuff that I've said about him is just it's what makes for me this episode so powerful so thank you all for being here thank you for listening if you'd like to support the show at all there are a couple different ways you can do it um there is a support link that'll be in the uh, description as well as links for all of brett's stuff uh basically brett's instagram it's where he gets he's most active um there'll also be a link to my art page because i do a lot of artwork and recently it's been something that i've been doing to create income in my life so if you'd like to do that that would be one way we could really get these uh um this 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 show back going up again uh weekly so that way we can uh get some of the things in here that need to happen in order for me to get it out weekly so if you'd like to do those things to support the show it would be beyond i'd be so beyond grateful like i can't even be able to begin to describe and it would give me the ability to get this show back on the air weekly so much love to you all thank you i hope everybody is doing well during this wild and crazy time that i can really cannot believe that we are still living through but if you are going through this make a change and start growing through this and get out there and make some shift happen in your life today much love to you all see you as soon as i possibly can Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm done talking. (laughs) Much love and peace.